Hello, lovely. Before we hop into today's episode, I want to make a very special announcement for all my self-aware single ladies who are ready to attract the love of their lives. If you've already tried all the things, like you read the books, you listened to the podcast, maybe you did therapy, yet you still can't seem to attract or keep an emotionally available man who's on your level, who's ready for commitment and modern dating feels harder than ever, maybe even to the point that you are ready to swear it off, then we have just the thing for you. The Dating Decoded course is finally here. So this course is going to help you demystify modern dating and uncover any blocks that are standing in the way of you calling in your man and creating your dream love life because it's about time. All you got to do is go to datingdecodedcourse.com to grab the course and join the community. The link is also in the show notes and I can't wait to see you inside. All right, enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Aligned Attraction. I am thrilled and delighted to be joined by my beloved Ani and so jazzed to be joined by one of the women inside the Aligned Attraction program, Luisa. So we're going to get to dive in and hear more about her experience, more about her journey today through dating and love as a high-achieving, successful woman who's based in LA. And so Luisa is a writer and producer out there, and she has such an exquisite story to tell. So Luisa, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Amazing. Okay. So I really want to start with some of the juicy stuff, and I want to have you take us on a journey. So just a handful of months ago, you were in a completely different place in your dating and love life. Tell us where you were prior to starting the program, what dating and love looked like for you, and how you felt about the process. Yeah, I was in a completely different place. I had just gotten back from working in Vancouver for five months on a TV show. I loved the experience, but it it took a lot out of me. And I got back and I was in this kind of slump of not wanting to, I wanted to date, but I didn't have the enthusiasm that I had maybe had before. And so my head was there, but my heart wasn't really there is maybe the best way to explain it. I was looking at dating as something that I felt I should do in order to achieve the goal that I had, which is I knew I wanted a partner. I knew I wanted to settle down. I knew I wanted to eventually have a family and kids. Like I was very in touch with my dream and what I was shooting for. But the actual day to day of how to accomplish that was feeling heavy and not fun. And I was feeling a little hopeless, actually, because I was swiping and not connecting with people or the people I connected with didn't feel like they were the kind of person that I was actually seeking to attract. And I was starting to tell myself all of those narratives that kind of creep in when I'm in a low point when it comes to dating, which is, you know, maybe all the good guys are taken or maybe they just don't live in LA or maybe there's something wrong with me. Like all of those things that that some of which I was aware of, some of which were a little bit deeper. And and I was aware of only after I started to interrogate that within myself. So all of this was coming together and I was just feeling pretty low and pretty just like heavy. I think that's the best way to describe it. 
And I remember at one point, I think it was like 3 a.m. I was online searching for matchmaking services. I wasn't even looking for aligned attraction. I was searching for matchmaking services and somehow this came up. And I really do think it was just what I needed in the moment. But this came up and I thought, I'm not sure that this is real. This might just be a scam, but I'm going to try it anyway. (laughs) Because it just didn't feel like what I was searching for. And I filled out the form online and I did the Zoom with Lee. And I was like, no, this is, this. she feels legit. Maybe this is real. And getting into the Aligned Attraction program really came at the exact right time because it happened right before we went on a massive writer's strike of 2023. And what I realized that I needed was that space away from work where I could really prioritize doing the work that I needed to do to enjoy the process of dating again. And so it A lot of things came together that were outside of my control, but I think they came together because I was really ready emotionally to do that work. Uh, Amazing. I feel like the force of the universe brought us together. Yeah. The fact that we had never met each other, yet we ended up on the Zoom call together and we went deep really fast. I remember that. Okay. So now I'm so curious to hear you said it's not what I was looking for. You had gone on to search for matchmaking. Yeah. And you were in that place. And I think you described it like this low place where you started questioning, is it me? Are there no good men out here? What did you think you were looking for at that point that was going to help you, quote unquote, solve the problem before we showed up? I don't know that I knew what I was looking for in the micro, I knew what I wanted in the macro. I knew what I wanted to attract. I knew what I wanted in my life. But I've always felt that I've always been in touch with what I wanted, what I was going after, not just in love, but everywhere in my life. That's not something I feel a disconnect with. What I feel a disconnect with is sometimes the steps that I need to do right in front of me to get there. To answer your question the best way I can, when I was on the dating apps, I don't know that I was clear on what I was thinking. And I think that was part of the problem. Like, I thought I was looking for someone that fit certain boxes, some of which are still important to me, but I don't think that's the reason why. that the, Those should not be the things driving me. What should be driving me is really what's underneath and someone that makes me feel safe, someone that makes me want to dig deep, someone that makes me feel like I want to do that kind of interrelational work that will ultimately build the relationship that I'm looking for. And I didn't know how to look for that at the time. And so I know I'm answering your question in a negative, which is that I I wasn't. But the truth is, I didn't know what I was looking for. I was just swiping and hoping that I could a little bit feeling my way through it in the dark and going with my gut and my intuition because it has served me really well in other areas of my life. And I do think it still served me well in dating and love. I just had a lot of other noise that I didn't know how to sort through in order to tune into myself, first and foremost. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so now that begs the question for me. You said there were these boxes that you were trying to check initially. And then what you found out in the process is that what felt really important to you was this feeling of safety, being with someone who 
causes you to want to do the interrelational work and dig deep? What were the boxes before that at one point felt very important that may still be important, but then may also not be as high as some of the other values you just mentioned? Yeah, I think I put a lot of pressure on the boxes that were the external boxes. And I don't mean necessarily superficial, although obviously I want to be physically attracted to someone, I, but I don't think that's superficial. I think that's deeply important. But I think as one thing, anybody who lives in LA knows that it's a sprawling, massive city. I live on the east side. I have dated people who live on the west side. It takes more effort. It just does. It's our, we joke here that it's like a long distance relationship. And it's because it, it can take up to an hour to get to the other side of town. And so you have to know that's a person worth making that drive for because it takes up extra time in your life. And so one of the things that I prioritized was someone who lived near me because it just felt I've, I've seen my friends date people who live farther away and it's always a challenge. And the irony of this is I'm currently now dating someone who lives an hour away. But if the point being, I, what I was prioritizing there was my time. And I think the shift that I needed to make is the right person is worth that. Time. And you don't know if they're the right person. And this is, I think, the key. You don't know if it's the right person until you give it a chance. I think there were a lot of people that I was just cutting off too soon because I felt like they couldn't possibly be the right person for X, Y, and Z because they lived too far away because they didn't have they didn't have a job that they were really enthusiastic about because they weren't that funny, didn't make me laugh on a date or something like that. All those things are still important to me, but they're not necessarily reasons to shut something down if you're feeling of the more important, deeper things going. And I didn't know how to tap into those deeper things. And so they were the only criteria I could be looking at. Okay, I got chills when you said that, because the only way in for you in this process to understand the deeper things was to realize that retrospectively that you were cutting people off potentially that could have been a good fit. And this is what we often see in dating, especially in modern dating on the apps, for example. And I like apps. I was using apps when I was dating. But what we tend to do, especially in sprawling cities where we have so many options, our brains naturally look to disqualify versus mm -hmm. to qualify because it's just too much data coming in at once when we're swiping. And we don't have a lot of information. We have their picture. Hopefully they're good pictures. We have a few words that they share based on some simple question that Hinge asks you to answer or Tinder asks you to answer. And it's really not a whole lot of information to say, hey, do I want to invest any more of my precious time and energy in getting to know you? Yeah. And so I could totally understand that. Okay. Now we're at the point where you're dating. When did you start to see that you were disqualifying people that could have been a good fit and that some of these standards by, that, that you were using maybe weren't the ones that were going to help you meet the man you wanted to meet? I think there was a retro, retroactive realization 
more than anything else. I think when I hit the point of, you know what, I'm going to prioritize this in my life. Because I will say, I hadn't changed anything on my dating apps between before I was in Vancouver last year and when I came back from Vancouver. I changed some things like, just got back from Vancouver, excited to jump back. Like I changed some things to make it feel timely and maybe one or two pictures just to refresh it. But my app, my profiles were not drastically different, but I wasn't connecting with anybody. And I didn't know what was wrong. Like I hadn't done anything differently. I was connecting with lots of people before. I wasn't connecting with people now. And I genuinely still could not point to a thing that I was doing wrong because I don't think it was about that. I think it was about my mindset, which is a it feels crazy to say. It's not like I was t- talking to people and I was shutting people down. I think I just wasn't open in the way that I needed to be to attract that. And I think the mindset shift that I got to was I need to prioritize myself and figure out what's going on with me that's making me feel like I'm not enjoying this process so I can enjoy this process more. And then once I did that and started working with you guys in Aligned Attraction, I was able to shift my mindset to this kind of funnel mentality of swiping right on anybody that could possibly be interesting to connect with. I really just, I don't want to say lowered my standards because I didn't. I just conceived of it as broadening the funnel And then once we connected, then there was a slightly more criteria to make sure that we had enough of a back and forth that seemed interesting to exchange numbers and maybe talk on the phone or just try to get off the app as quickly as possible and just meet people in person. There were a couple of dates that I arranged without even exchanging phone numbers. We just arranged it on the app and I met for a drink. And sometimes I would just say, hey, I'm going to, I have plans after. In fact, my boyfriend, no. My date, my first date with him, I had plans after and I told him I would meet him for one drink. And I was having so much fun that I wished I didn't have those plans, but I already made the plan. So I stuck with them. But, but I do think that was that kind of funnel mentality of allowing the initial stage of the process to be a broader range with the faith that I would funnel it down as I went. You don't have to keep it that way. That's a problem. But if you don't broaden it to begin with, then you might miss some of the people that are worth making it to the bottom of the funnel. Just continue that metaphor all the way through. But yeah, I feel like that was those that series of mind mindset shifts are what ultimately led me to being able to crack it for myself. I think it's super interesting what you said, which was that pre-Vancouver and post-Vancouver, if those that's like the arbitrary. <laughs> nothing changed on the dating profile, like nothing changed on the right. side. But what struck me when you were talking was you went from not being open to being open in a way. Mm-hmm. Your opening to possibility, your opening to intimacy, your opening to connection, your opening to being surprised with someone who you wouldn't expect to connect with allowed the universe to respond on the outside with something different. 
And that's really beautiful. And like, we know how that, how all this works, right? We know on some level that our internal reality gets manifested externally in our life because the universe is mirroring us. It's not testing us. It's mirroring us. It's reflecting who we are on the inside and on the outside. But sometimes the, like actually having the experience of, hey, nothing on the outside changed. But when I shifted internally, when I actually became more open to the possibility of connecting with someone, suddenly people started coming in that otherwise wouldn't have made it through the gauntlet. Yeah, completely. Okay, so here you are now. You have widened the mouth of the funnel. You've started to open yourself up to different possibilities. It's a great metaphor and it's a great visual. You've started to open yourself up to different possibilities. At what point in that process did you decide to join Aligned Attraction? Had, was it when you had already opened things? Did you open things after you joined? It happened at the same time. I think I reached, for lack of a better phrase, my rock bottom, meaning just being so fed up with my own negative headspace when it came to dating at the same time that I found Aligned Attraction Online. And then we had our first Zoom. And around that time, the strike was starting, which meant that I had actual physical time isn't physical, but you know what I mean? Like very real time that I didn't have to create within my schedule because I couldn't work. And because of those three things happening at the same time, I had the ability to to really do the work that I needed to do to shift that headspace. I think it was the early conversations with you and whether it was the pre-aligned traction Zooms or the first couple of ones, once the program started, that helped me, that helped facilitate that mind shift for me. It was early on. Got it. Okay. And so I'm hearing this aspect of time, that time was one of the limiting factors in your mind that really kept you from opening up to these possibilities prior to the strike happening. And I remember you telling me at one point, because it wasn't happening and because it felt exhausting and because you already had great friendships, you just put more of your energy there, more of your energy into work. Was it simply the strike? I, I don't think so. But was it what needed to shift inside of you other than the strike happening outside of you for you to say, you know what, enough's enough. Mm -hmm. I got to prioritize this. Yeah, I think I have had these moments at several points in my life where I have decided that I needed to prioritize this in my life. They usually come around New Year's, right, where we're setting intentions for the year and thinking about looking back and thinking about what we want to do differently moving forward. And so there have been multiple times that I've decided to prioritize love and dating and relationships. And because I love what I do, because I love my friends, I really have that thing that everyone says is invest in yourself if you want a relationship that's worthwhile, build the life you want that doesn't depend on another man, that or another person. That is what I have been doing. And Part of me was just fed up that I've been doing that work and somehow he didn't just materialize in front of me because I really do have a very, I'm very happy with my life. I'm very happy with my career, but because I'm so happy with my life and my career, it 
it's all I want to spend my time doing. And it has been a lot harder for me historically to justify spending that time going on first dates with people that I don't know if they're worth, quote unquote, my time. I always had the sense that once I was in a relationship, it would be very easy for me to carve out that time for that person because that person matters to me, right? It was a lot harder for me to carve out that space for a person that I didn't know existed. And and I think that this is probably this is very true, not just of myself, but my friends and other people who in my life who have built their careers into something that they're very proud of. I think sometimes that takes precedence over love lives. And then I also have friends who've done the opposite and now they're trying to build their careers, but they have this great love life that they invested in. So yeah, I feel like the strike helped force me into carving out that time, but I was at another moment in my life where I was prepared to do that because I also could have taken the strike to write more or taken the strike to travel more. There's a lot of things I could have done with that time, but I spent most of the extra space that the strike created for me doing the inner work that I needed to do and the outer work and going on dates and eventually getting into a relationship because that was something that I just feel like I was ready for. And I've done all the stuff that I could do on myself. And now it's time to do it with somebody else. You know what's crazy? There's three other women in the program who all joined after either getting laid off or leaving a job or something like that. And on one hand, it felt scary because paycheck isn't coming on autopilot anymore. And this, it feels scary to invest in myself in this area, particularly. But I actually have the time. And if not now, then when? Yeah. Um, do you think it takes a level of built up frustration and loneliness or whatever to, for someone, particularly women, to say, Hey, enough is enough. I need to do something about this. Yeah. For me, it certainly did. I also think that we as women, I'm going to generally here, but obviously there are exceptions to every rule. But as women, we're really told to put other people before us a lot of the time. And I think for me, it's been really, it's been much easier to, yes, I prioritized work, but also I prioritized the people in my life when they needed me. And I loved doing that. I don't regret it. But I think that when it comes to the the headspace that we're in, we culturally are not trained to do the inner work in the same way. We're encouraged to always show up as if we've had it all put together. And so I think it does make sense that that there are other women in this program who are coming to it at a time when there is space in their lives that maybe they didn't create themselves or if they did, it was an unexpected thing that they created and they're taking advantage of it because, just to circle back on your original question, because there needs to be some amount of built up, okay, this needs to change. Like something is not working in my life. And that's the thing. I love my life. I love my life. But something was missing. And I think I had subscribed to the 
narrative that we all grow up on, which is the fairy tale narrative of I'll meet someone and sparks will fly and there's a romantic story in it. And there have been times that I've not wanted to be on dating apps because I didn't like the narratives that that a date, meeting on a dating app presented. I wanted a more interesting narrative. I'm a writer. <laughs> I want a good story. But I also think that there's this idea that the, your person will just show up when you're right, when the right time happens. I think that you can make the right time happen. I'm the kind of person who believes in creating your own future and creating the world and the reality that you want. And that I think we are fully capable of doing that if we have the right mindset, if we have the ability to go out and get the tools that we need if we don't have them already to make it happen. And so for me, part of it was just accepting that I looked at the world through that lens my whole life for everything except dating. And somehow for dating, I thought that it was going to be different. So for me, it was really just reclaiming my own agency of I can change the circumstances so that I can bring about the outcome that I'm searching for myself. I don't need to wait for it to show up for me. And, and I just needed a guide because I've followed a lot of other dating coaches on Instagram. I've read books. I've listened to podcasts. I knew I actually came to this program with a lot of education about what I needed to do to bring this about, but something was still missing. And I and the thing that actually really got me originally, Lee, was you talking about the masculine and feminine energies. Because for me, especially as a professional woman, I feel like I show up in the professional world with a lot more masculine energy than feminine energy. But in my personal life, that might not entirely be true. And I'd never thought about it in that way. And so part of the reason why I was not attracting the kind of masculine men that I was, that I wanted was because I wasn't showing up in that, in fully centered and comfortable in my feminine energy. And learning about that from you guys has been completely mind-blowing because that was the one element that I don't think I'd really thought about or heard about before. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. Thank you. Okay, so let's go back to something you had shared. And, and I knew this about you upon our first conversation. You had done a lot of inner work prior to joining the program. Like you said, you read the books, yeah. you podcasts, you were doing personal development work in workshops and other settings. And you said that one of the differentiating factors in what we were teaching was masculine and feminine energy. So I'm curious to hear, now that you've been in the program for a little bit, what other things have really made the biggest impact in how you show up in dating and love that really caused you not only to attract your partner, but to create the kind of relationship that you have now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I'll circle back to the thing that I mentioned a while ago, which is the 1% shift that you encouraged me to do and all of us. And just the idea of tiny little shifts can make a big difference that metaphor you gave me, which made so much sense, was a hinge can open and close a whole door. And all you need is a little hinge. And so I think that idea of small changes, because I'm listen, I'm a type A person, A plus student, combine those things. I am an overachiever. I like to understand the assignment and do it 
wholeheartedly and completely and get it correct. That is not entirely how this works, right? What I learned from Aligned Traction was really that I don't necessarily need to do 100% of the things to get the results, but I do need to do whatever things that I'm doing full out. And I think that difference for me is huge, which is letting myself off the hook for the things that I didn't have the space or capacity to work on. But the things that I did have the space or capacity to work on, really giving that my all and giving myself grace when I didn't have that ability on any given moment, any given day. And I do feel like the Aligned Attraction program really helped with my mindset shifts of how I was looking at dating, relating, relationship to really feel like I was showing up as my, as a version of myself that was really in, within my own integrity and how I wanted to show up in this space. And I feel like for me, the 1% shift really had to do with my own relationship with myself and my relationship with my own feminine energy. We talked a lot about that early on. That was something I felt disconnected with. My own sexuality and sensuality was something that I was feeling particularly disconnected with when I started the program. And the shift um, for me that I think made the most impact was really just the shift to have fun with it. The sense of play, to reconnect with that sense of play and and to let myself off the hook for things that I viewed as being how I should be doing it, again, quote unquote, should, versus how I was showing up at any given moment. There was a mindfulness to it that I really appreciated, which is on any given day, some days I might be really ready to go out into the world and be open to connecting with people. Some days, maybe that's not how I want to show up and that's okay. But I feel like I reconnected with my own feminine energy, sensuality, just like how I was taking up space in the world in a way that because I was in this very professional headspace for five months in Vancouver, I think I was just disconnected with this other part of me and didn't realize it. Like it had just shut off and I just didn't realize it. So the one, the small shift was just turning it back on. And in doing that, I was able to watch myself in a way that I don't think I ever really have before and watch how I was showing up in these dating experiences and differentiate a little more clearly between how I was showing up on a date versus how he was showing up on a date, anybody that I was dating. And notice what was coming up for me and be able to understand it a little bit better. As opposed to before, things would come up for me and I wouldn't understand it. And so I would just take it as, oh, this is my intuition telling me this is not my person. Which sometimes is true and sometimes is not. I think that gets back to what I was talking about earlier with all the noise. Just the small little shift of being, trying to be just more mindful and aware and check in with myself more helped me filter out that noise and a little bit more clarity. Yeah, beautiful point. I, I, that is one of the questions I get asked by women 
so often, which is how do I know if he's the right fit for me? How do I know if it's my tuition? How do I know, how do I know if it's my wounding coming up? How do I tell the difference between my narratives and just and whether or not we're compatible? And you use the word mindfulness, that there is a level of mindfulness, attentiveness, presence, a slower pace. And the slower pace is where we find our sensuality. We don't find our sensuality in sprinting, though sprinting can be a very sensual, sensory experience. For women, we find our sensuality in the slowness, mm. in the space between the words, in the space between the period and the next sentence, there's sensuality, the pause. And that's something that we have become really estranged from as modern day professional women because we are operating in a very masculine energy culture. And that's wonderful in many ways. And when it goes without balance from a feminine sense of slowness, a feminine sense of turning inward to listen to our own inner voice, to hear what the stories have to say, to slow down, to tune in, then we miss a lot of the magic. We miss the nuance and the sensuality. So Thank you for sharing that. Now I have to hear you went on this journey and I remember having some very impactful conversations right away. Not long into the journey, you met your now partner. How many months into the program were you? And tell us that story of meeting him. Well, the program started first week of May. I I went on my first date with my boyfriend, now boyfriend, June 14th. So like a month, and a half in. And I will say it would it all happened pretty quickly. I was in the program and doing the work on myself and not really going on a lot of dates because I felt like I needed to connect with that work first. And then I feel like there was a moment that I felt ready and I started really engaging with the apps a bit more and I think I had three dates in one week and he was one of them. And so it, it, there was a lot of, there was a slow onboarding process while I focused on myself and looked inward. I love that everything you just said about the space and the room between the period and the next sentence and the pause. I think that's so true. And I was doing all of that. And then all of a sudden it was just lots of days. <laughs> and so anyway, yes, month and a half. Ah, so I just. I'm in awe because I remember hearing you come back to the calls and share this process. And then at one point, all of us, you, Ani, myself, and some other women were vacationing in Cabo one weekend mm -hmm. and you were telling us stories galore on that weekend. So now you meet him and you're, tell me what that initial experience is from first date your to the time when you have when you establish commitment and exclusivity so yeah that was a, a little over a month as well so a month and a half into the program i meet him a month and change later we decide to be exclusive he was ready to be exclusive before i was because i was finally enjoying the dating process again i was this is everything that I was looking for. I was enjoying everything I was learning from each of the guys that I was dating. I was really in just luxuriating in the process and enjoying it for the first time, truly. 
And then I meet this guy who is only dating me. And at first that kind of freaked me out. But instead of doing what I might have done in the past and withdrawing or feeling, I shouldn't want to say threatened, but just feeling, letting the freak out take over because he's more invested than maybe I was at the time. I, we talked about it and he, I told him very frankly, and I think in the past I was afraid of these kinds of conversations of being truly honest with somebody. But I told him very frankly that I was dating other people, that I was sleeping with other people. And he was not grilled with that, but handled it like a champ. Like he really did. He just sat with it. And this actually, this conversation was at 11 o'clock at night on a phone call. <laughs> it wasn't how I intended to have the conversation. But it felt organic in the moment and I didn't I felt like it would be out of integrity not to offer it up in that moment. And so we had this conversation completely out of the blue and he sat with it. And I just remember him being like, okay, I could hear the wheels turning over the phone. And he shared how that made him feel in a way that he understood that he couldn't ask me to be further ahead than where I was. But he also wasn't going to diminish his own feelings either. And so we just talked it through. And I said, listen, I will be, I'm open and honest. I will tell you whatever you want to know, but I don't want to offer up anything that you don't want to hear. So we just have to navigate this together because he's also been in more long-term relationships than I have. So he was aware that I was working through some things and working through having these kinds of conversations, which was not my comfort zone at all. And he was very wonderful and held that space for me, but also was very clear that he wouldn't wait forever. Because nor should he. And I told him it wouldn't take me forever. And we dated for a while where it was very clear that I was not being exclusive, but he was. It was a weird kind of dynamic, but we were very mindful of it and kept having conversations and checking in with each other to make sure that we both felt okay with it. And then it was actually actually after an aligned attraction call and he wanted to hear about it. And so we hopped on the phone and talked for three and a half hours. And I filled him in on what we talked about it in that particular call. I think that call was conscious relating was what we were talking about. And I opened my notebook and just walked him through everything that we talked about. And he asked questions and then he suggested we talk about how it applies to our relationship. And we just had this amazing three and a half hour conversation after, by the way, a two hour Zoom that I had of Aligned Attractions workshop. I had this three and a half hour call and I just could feel my heart opening. And I didn't want to, it felt a little, I felt a little tipsy. I wasn't drinking alcohol. That feeling of just feeling like a little bubbly. And so I felt like I didn't want to make any decisions with that feeling in the same way that when you're drunk, you also don't want to make any big decision. So I slept on it. And then I woke up the next morning and I still felt that feeling. And I was just suddenly, I why am I dating other people? I want to do this with him and he wants to do this with me. And this is what I've been looking for. What am I doing here? And I decided because I wanted to tell him in person to wait for a couple of days to tell him because it felt like a conversation you have in person. And I actually went out with some friends the night before and told them, <laughs> beforehand 
<laughs> ended up drinking more than I should have. And so I texted him and I said, I'm leaving my car here. Can you come pick me up tomorrow and, and pick up my car? He's like, yes, absolutely. Please don't drive. And so we were texting while I'm in the Uber on my way home. And he asked me as we would have these real conversations over text, which is the other thing that was really, it, it wasn't just surfacey texts. And he would ask, he asked, what's some, one thing you haven't told me yet? And in my little drunk state, I'm like, there's something, but I don't want to share it over text. And he goes to, oh no, what's wrong? You have to tell me. And I said, it's not a bad thing. And so the next day when I saw him in person and I told him in person, he was like, yeah, I figured. I'm sure. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he spoiled it. <laughs> but I had this whole like buildup that he was going to be really excited. And he was just like, yeah, I knew. I knew before you did, but that's okay. But it was cute. It was really cute. Oh my gosh, what a great story. And there's so much that comes through when I hear you share it, which is the moment you decided to let yourself have fun and enjoy the process and slow down was the moment that you called him in. Yeah. And it happened faster than you thought it would. Oh, so much faster than I thought. Yeah, so much so that you were like, whoa, hold on. Wait, am I really going to stop the dating thing right now? Because I just started liking it. Right. And there he was. There he was. That's a testament to what happens outside of us when we create alignment inside of us. And that's a huge key. We can do a million and one things. We can go on more dates. We can seek therapy. We can read books. We can talk to girlfriends. We can seek matchmakers. We can do affirmations. We can do all the things. And most of us have done all the things, myself included. And when we just do the one thing, which is really tune into how we want to be feeling, how we think we're going to feel when we have the man and allow ourselves to feel that way now and continue taking aligned action, of course, then it happens often faster than we think. And if not faster than we think, then we at least really enjoy the process way more than we would have if we kept grabbing for things outside of us to try and create the result. And that was what really shined through for me in hearing you share that. So thank you. I will also add that I also released that, that pressure of the time. Right. The second I, I released myself of that timeline pressure is when he showed up. And that was the frustration that I had is, I'm sorry, I just let go of the fact that I wanted to find someone quickly and you show up. What's going on? I got it comment on what you just said first that's so huge right uh, that idea that when we're attached to something when we put our well-being our happiness our joy our wholeness our being okay dependent on something outside of us and we say that hey until i get that i'm not okay, I'm not content, I can't be, I can't feel this way or that way. Even though consciously we're doing everything we can to get that in our life, unconsciously we're repelling it with everything we've got. Right. And the second we let go of that, we let go of that attachment and we go into detachment, which is not apathy, it's not indifference, it's not that, oh, fuck it, I don't give a fuck, it doesn't matter if I ever find someone, I'm indifferent, I'm just going to focus on other stuff. There's still desire in that, 
right? There's still a longing. There's still so much creation energy that's being directed, but it's being directed from a different place. It's not directed from a, I need this to be okay. It's, I'm great. I feel amazing. I love my life. I, I love my work. I love who I am. I love everything about myself. And it could be cool. Wouldn't it be fun to share this with someone? Like it's a totally different energy. And I would argue that it's clean desire because mm. we can have desire that's clean and we can have desire that's, you know, dirty. And I don't mean dirty in the conventional sense, but it tinged with this need or attachment where we're making some part of our well-being dependent on something outside of us. And the second you do that, it's at, I really want to go to New Mexico to the hot air balloon festival. I've seen pictures. But from what I understand how it works, these balloons, they're, they light the fire thing that's pumping hot air into the balloon and the balloon's inflated. And what's keeping it on the ground are the sandbags. And to make the balloon go up, they don't increase the heat. They don't increase the pressure. They just let go of the sandbags. The sandbags are dropped. Then the balloon goes up. And... The same way the attachment we create when we make our well-being, our being okay, our happiness being contingent on anything else outside of us, those are the sandbags. And that attachment basically repels the very thing we want. It could be money, it could be love, it could be pretty much anything in life. And as soon as you let go of that, it was not that you needed to do more of anything. You needed to work harder towards it. You needed to do more. It's the letting go that actually made the biggest shift. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. Like you're embodying and you're illustrating so many deeply spiritual concepts, so many teachings that have been passed down for thousands of years. And these things are all around us and they're very obvious, but sometimes we need to see it happen, whether for ourselves or someone else, when you be like, fuck, it actually does work like that. Yeah, I love that metaphor. I also think one of the things that metaphor brings up that's so true is we're so used to working so hard, but all it takes is just untying the sandbags. And the annoying thing, because you do this a lot, Ani, which is you just say the frustrating, annoying truth that we're not necessarily ready to come to grips with. Which is, you just decide, just make a def just decide to change, decide, just make a choice. And it's easier said than done until it's not. I, we work really hard until suddenly we realize it's as simple as untying sandbags. And that's a frustrating thing to hear when you're still in the cycle of wanting to work really hard because you've been working that hard. And so all you want to hear is just work a little bit harder and you're almost there, but really letting go trusting yourself, trusting the work, trusting and just showing up on these dates as your authentic self. I think that was one thing that I had to let go of, which is that there is an ideal version of me that I should show up on these dates as. No, just show up. And if I want to find my partner. I want to have kids one day. These are all things that people are traditionally afraid of talking about i'm not saying that i'm necessarily leading the date by starting all, with all of this 
But if it feels organic to share, I, I want to share what I'm looking for. That doesn't mean that the guy on the date that I'm on the date with is the person that I'm going to find it with. I'm just, this is what I'm looking for. Are You might be that person. You might not. I don't know. What are you looking for? I think that there's a less precious version of dating that is that taps into the energy of just untying the sandbags that I really love that metaphor that I want to bring into other aspects of my relationship as well. I think that's so brilliant. So I got to know, I imagine the relationship you're in now is unlike any relationship you've been in before because <laughs> you've told me about it, you've told us about it, and we had such a great time hearing all the details. So I'd love for you to share, what is this relationship like? Because I think what you've created is something, it's what I would call an unprecedented level of love and intimacy. What is it like? It is the first time that I feel so completely comfortable in a relationship with another person. I feel like I can be myself. I feel like I'm, I'm not editing or second-guessing myself. I trust him with my feelings. One of the things that really stood out to me early on was that he would check in and ask me how I'm feeling in a way that not only had other people not done for me in a dating relationship capacity before, but I don't know that I had ever really done for myself to that degree because I am the kind of person who's very good at showing up as the ideal version of myself. I'm very good. I'm very good at putting on a mask. And so the fact that I feel comfortable and safe enough with him to let that mask fall and trust that if there's an issue, we'll talk about it and we'll figure it out together. And that he hears me when I tell him that something isn't working for me or I give him feedback. That is something that's new for me that I haven't experienced before. He's also someone who we talk about the future together in a way that doesn't feel like we're putting any pressure on it, but we're able to dream together and talk about what a life together would look like, which I've never done with anyone before because it's always felt taboo to talk about, which is crazy. Why is it taboo? And this is the thing. He just cuts straight through things. He's the one who said, I love you. So I'm going to say I love you. Like, why do we have to wait until it's acceptable to say I, of course, I, I'm truly, I choose to spend time with you. I am investing this kind of time into this relationship because I care about you. I believe in you and I believe in us. That the goal is to fall in love with someone. Why are we holding ourselves back? Why do we feel like there's some sort of a timeline in which it's acceptable or appropriate to share these feelings with each other? And he cuts through some of those kind of cultural expectations that maybe I've unconsciously subscribed to my whole life, which I really appreciate because, yeah, why? I don't know. It's like, why are we holding ourselves back? And I really value and appreciate that because I think he's done a lot of work on himself in a very different way than I have. He's had a very different upbringing and background and trajectory of his life than I have. And so that's something that's really interesting to me to 
unpack and discover about him. And we approach things in some ways very differently and in some ways very similarly, which has been really fun to discover. I also think we as humans tend to assume that people see things the same way that we do until we're proven otherwise, which is really interesting to be able to see how and why we use the world. And sometimes we think that we view it the same way and then we discover that we view it a little bit differently. And that's been fascinating and really fun to explore. No, that's beautiful. I just, I just want to say how touched I am to see how deeply held, loved, cared for, safe, heard, and understood and cherished you feel in this relationship. Well, thank you, Ronnie. That means so much to me. And it's, I can feel what having a solid floor underneath your feet in the form of this connection, this relationship does for you. And the whole point why we're doing all this is so that we can create a world where more women get to feel this. Yeah. and. When they feel it, they really are able to come alive and actualize to a level that wasn't really possible before. And that's the world that we all want to live in. So I just really appreciate who you are. And I really appreciate how you've led yourself and how you've created this kind of relationship. It's really beautiful. What I'm curious about is, in what ways do you think the program was instrumental in in making this possible? What were the aspects of the program that particularly resonated with you and really felt like it, it helped make some of those shifts? I've never done a group program in this way. I've done one-on-one -on -one therapy, I've done one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I've never done a group setting. And two things really come to mind, one of which being the group shape, which is... I've been able to not only feel held and supported by this group of wonderful women, but also hear about their own journeys. And in doing so, some things are the same, some things are different, but we're always learning and growing from each other's experiences. And I think that it actually fast-tracked it for me because there's a lot that I might not have known to interrogate about myself until I heard someone else interrogating it about person. And so that challenged me to look inward in a different way. Because when I show up to one-on-one -on -one coaching or therapy, I'm really bringing, it really depends on what I'm bringing to the table on any given day, that my coach or therapist can only respond to what I bring to the table. They're not psychic, right? But in this group setting, I'm bringing something to, to the table, but so is everyone else. And that might bring something out in me that I didn't even realize was something that I wanted to explore or needed to explore. So that was that's one thing. And then the other thing is the fact that it's run by the two of you. And I've never worked with a couple in this way before. I've gotten advice from women. I've gotten advice from men about dating, but I've never gotten both at the same time. And just the idea of hearing about relational dynamics from two people who are currently actively doing the work with each other 
you guys are able to model things for us so that it's not just a concept. I love some of the playing out where you guys will actually play out a script for us, which is so hugely beneficial. But you also tell stories about your own experiences separately and together. And that's just been invaluable because my parents, who I love and are wonderful parents, did not model certain aspects of the healthy relationship to me growing up because they didn't have it. They didn't know how to do it themselves because either of them really learned it from their parents. So it's something that we pass down generation. If our parents just don't have those tools in their toolbox, of course they can't teach us what a healthy relationship looks like in that way. And so in in a lot of ways, you guys are showing up and, and reparenting us in, in that respect. And showing us by example what it looks like, which is the most incredible gift that you guys give us every session. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for speaking to that. There's something very special when we have modeling because most of us didn't have that modeling. And so how would we know? How would we know if we've never seen it done before? All right. So what teachings inside the program were most impactful for you? The first thing that comes to mind is my, the work that I did on my body image and with myself. Beyond that, just the consistency of showing up and doing that work consistently. So I could say, I could talk about that for an hour, but that's what first comes to mind. I feel like the, the teachings that I mean, I've shared so many already, but the teachings that really have been most impactful that I haven't talked about yet. I briefly mentioned conscious relating, conscious anything that you guys talk about in the program is so important. Conscious sexuality, conscious relating. I'm forgetting what other ones there are, but anything that starts with the word conscious has been so helpful because it's really brought that mindfulness that we talked about earlier into relating to myself, relating with others. And by the way, it's been so useful with relating to my sister and my friends and uh, my mom and like other people in my life as well. It's not just dating. On that note, like how has being able to create this relationship impacted your life like in general? Oh, that's a deep one. In a lot of ways, it has impacted my life positively. Everyone in my life has been so thrilled that I've welcomed him into my life in this way and that we're, that a lot of them have been shocked that it happened so quickly, but also not really that shocked and very excited for me and for us. And they love him and it's going really well. The one relationship that it is um, challenging is I live with my sister. And so she's had to negotiate it in a slightly different way than everyone else because he's been in our space a lot. And so that has been a really interesting challenge for the two of us and for the three of us that I didn't necessarily expect. And that's something we're still working through. But it's whenever you start a relationship that you in a way that you haven't had before there are ripples right it offsets some things and sometimes that offsetting can be a little uncomfortable but i think it's all part of the learning and growing that comes with making that space in my life for this kind of relationship mm. thank you okay last couple questions did it feel hard for you and best in this area of your life particularly because it's not somewhere women tend to invest Financially or in other ways? Financially and time-wise. Financially, the way I view money tends to just be like 
once I've decided it's worth it, I it's gone and that money's out of my hand. And so I, I invested, I paid for this right before the strike on purpose because I knew once I was not working anymore, it would feel a little harder to me. It actually wasn't that hard before once I decided that I would get enough value out of it to make it worthwhile. And by the way, it was so much more value than I even paid for it. I didn't know that at the time, but I it, that wasn't that hard for me. But I'm also someone who doesn't get too precious with money in general because I just believe in an abundance mindset, not a not a the opposite of abundance, which I'm spacing on. Scarcity. Um, thank you. Scarcity mindset. So that wasn't hard. What was the other form of investment just in general? And I'm yeah, your time and energy. I think I was so, it's back to what Ani was saying before. I think I had so much built up frustration in how things were going before that I was ready to invest. I was ready to throw myself into it. And that is what really, I think, made the program so effective for me because you get out of it what you put in. And if you don't have the ability for whatever reason, whether you're just not in the right mindset or if you have external factors that are out of your control, placing a premium on your time and mind headspace, then that might be hard. For me, I not only was ready and willing to commit that time and energy, but also I had the added benefit of the strike, meaning that I didn't have any work. So it really did come at the right time to be able to throw myself in completely. That said, if this had happened a few months prior, who knows if I would have been in that headspace. But I happened to be and I did it and I threw myself into it and it was really well worth it. Given what you shared, absolutely. All right, last few here. What would you say to someone considering joining the program? Just do it. I cannot tell you how much I've gained from this program. I think whatever it is that you're looking for out of your love life, but also out of just relationships in general with people in your life. I think there's so much to be learned from this program, from Lee and Ani, but also from the other fabulous women in the program, and also from just creating that space and holding that space. If all you have is, you know, it's two hours every other week, if you're able to carve out those two hours, then the rest of it, I think, really does follow. You do get in, get out of it what you put in, like I said, but any given week, you might be able to put in more or less. And it's all more than you were able to put in before. So I think if you're on the fence, just do it. I think it's well worth it. It's such it's a worthwhile investment. I feel sometimes when I'm talking about it that I'm trying to recruit people into this cult that I'm in. But the <laughs> truth is, it's well, but the truth is it is well worth it. Like I drank the Kool-Aid. I think it's I think it's been such a helpful, wonderful program. And think I'm in a very different place in my life because of it. I would not be in the relationship that I'm in if I hadn't done this program. I just know that. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And I'm elated for you and for him. He gets yeah. to enjoy you. For him. He didn't invest <laughs> anything. No, that's not true. He invested in me, but all right. Last question here is what kind of woman do you think this program is best suited for? I was re really drawn to specifically the fact that women who have prioritized their careers, women who are bosses in the workplace, 
who have everything going for them, but have not found the man that's able to meet them at their level. I think those are the, that was me. And those are the women that I think are going to benefit so much from this program because we are routinely told that we have to make ourselves small in order to fit in with the molds that the world is setting for us. And this program really proves otherwise. Not only do you not have to make yourself small, but just make your, but take up as much space as you can. And Ani, you even said that to me on our last session is just shine as bright as you can and the rest of the universe will fall into place. And I think that's so important. And I don't think that message is out there enough. And anybody who feels like that message really resonates and they could benefit from that kind of messaging every session. It's for you. I really, anybody who feels like they are not getting out of their love life what they want can find something in this program. I truly believe there's so many different women in this program with so many different backgrounds, so many different places in their lives. And I think that we all get so much every session from the experience. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. We, yeah, we really jammed today. Thank you for being <laughs> so willing to yeah. reveal and open your heart. It is such a testament to who you are as a woman, what you've created, how you express yourself, how you carry yourself. It's such a joy and pleasure to get to spend the kind of time with you that we do and to have gotten to meet you in person, which is just the best. So thank you for sharing more about your story, Louisa. We're so excited to share this and inspire many other women. Any last words you want to impart into anyone who's hearing? Oh, no, just thank you both for so much for creating this container and for inviting me to be here and to talk about myself for an hour and a half. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you for always encouraging us to celebrate ourselves because I think that's important too. Yeah, I guess whoever's listening, celebrate yourself today. Mm, beautiful. To all those listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We're wishing you so much love and good vibes.